Hello, welcome to Mealy Stocks episode 34, and I am pretty much fresh off the plane back into Florida and getting into the grind again, but I just got back from Dallas, Texas, and let's do an episode talking about dealing at Dallas. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 34 of Mealy Stocks. My name is Jamil, part of the Slab Stocks Network. We do these weekly uh, episodes. And uh, thanks for uh, staying with me because last week we didn't actually put one out. So it's been two weeks since we've had an episode. This is kind of the part two of uh, me talking about shows, uh, the uh, presence of shows, but more so uh, dealing at shows is going to be what we focus on uh, today. So I thought about doing an episode that was going to be all selling at shows. But I decided to uh, to change that up to a little bit more specific where we look at dealing and the dealer's perspective. So we'll have fun with that uh, today. Just really quickly, want to share with you uh, two things that are going on uh, with our shop. Again, single card sales. We do this twice a month. Many of you know about Mealy Pops Madness that we do on Instagram. It is uh, one of our favorite things to do. We sell a lot. And I mean, we sell a lot of stuff. Um, that will be this Saturday at 9 p.m. It will go to about midnight. Come join us. Uh, you will not want to miss it. There will be so much uh, inventory from the Dallas show as well as other things that we've had in the shop and grading orders that have come back. So should be a lot of fun. Do not miss that. And then secondarily, bang, there's a funny-looking guy. But uh, episode 7 of what we call the Card Shop Show on YouTube um, uh, is our channel that we do for the show. I'm sorry, the channel that we do for the shop where we put out shows uh, highlighting just some really cool things in the hobby. And this is episode seven. It's going to be a two-part uh, episode, part one and part two, about the May Dallas Card Show. Uh, hopefully, we bring you along and, and give you a little bit about what we're talking about today, our perspectives as a dealer and, and the buys and sells, as well as just what goes on in the chaos of Dallas. Um, and you'll enjoy that. I'm sure you got you also checked out Aaron's vlog. I saw Aaron at, at, uh, at the show and uh, just seeing what him and his dad were doing, it's just uh, really cool. So uh, uh, tune over uh, to the, the Card Shop Show when you get a chance on YouTube. Check out Episode 7. Uh, part 1 releases uh, Tuesday night, which is tonight at uh, 9 p.m. Part 2 will be uh, later on, probably Sunday or Monday. Still working on that. Got a lot to do with that one. So really crazy Part 2, to be honest. But Part 1 also has a lot of wild things that happened as well. So I will, uh, I'll leave you at that. Let's get into today's episode dealing at Dallas. So first off, I've been dealing at card shows since 2010, uh, you know, fairly seriously. But, uh, you know, at this level, let's call them national type shows, uh, the national in Chicago coming up, which we'll get to here in a little bit. But also the, um, the Dallas card show, which to me has been um, almost a uh, pseudo national, uh, a, a brother sister to the national. A little different because it's not as experiential as it is so much about the buy and flip. It's a marketplace, as you guys know. But um, the Dallas show is really kind of cranked up, you know what I mean? And it, it's uh, 500 tables or so. I know it's going to be again in July. Uh, and then we'll also have the National in July as well. But just an exciting time for me uh, and seeing the card market. I love this kind of world. Uh, it's fun for me. I buy and sell cards a lot, you know, uh, in the shop uh, on our Mealy Pops Madness single card sales. Uh, we do some stuff on eBay, although we've kind of tapered back from that and done more direct sales. And now at card shows, which is uh, just a ton of fun. So, 
let me share with you a little bit about uh, my perspective in dealing in Dallas. So we um, we set up on the setup day, which was on Thursday, and got in there, I don't know, about 2 o'clock, <coughs> 2 3 o'clock, somewhere in there. Very kind of obscure times to set up, but it worked out. And let me tell you this. You want to talk about chaos. At the same time, you have about, I don't know, a half of the vendors that were there, maybe a third of the vendors. So you have about 150 to 200 vendors trying to set up their booths with their cases, get their cases, get their badges, being let in about 2.33, and then the general public being let in at about 4, 4.30, but really kind of all over the place. And as we're trying to set up, so many people coming to say hello, trying to buy wax, trying to buy single cards, and it really was chaos this year. Um, I hope they can do a better job of organizing that. Um, I know they're trying their best to, to put on a really good show, and there's limited manpower. But Thursday was wild. Thursday was wild. Uh, we made a lot of sales on wax. Uh, and this was a day that was last Thursday in March was not like this at all. Um, there was not as many people in that room. There was not as many things happening. So I share that with you guys because I think that just goes to show the card market is in a very strong place with activity. Now that activity can mean a lot of things, but there is a lot, and I mean a lot of activity in the card space right now. Maybe there's a lot of people getting out. Maybe there's a lot of people buying up and, and trying to double down. But it's a lot of activity. And I saw that. I noticed that Thursday. So then I said to my team and myself, Friday's going to be a nightmare. <laughs> Friday's going to be wild. We're not even really done to set up. And I can only imagine what Saturday's going to be like. So um, giving you some guys' perspective on the setup, and I know I get this question a lot. People ask about cost. And now I know I'm not the typical, but I, I, I stayed in a hotel there. had rented another room for some of our team members. Uh, my father and brother actually came separately to set up, and I had had some space for them. And then, of course, uh, providing food and 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 travel for all the people that did come. Um, our costs really for the show were really at that national level, almost four or five thousand dollars. Just that cost. So again, that's money you'd be needing to be made to profit to make it worth it. Now, did we do well? Yeah, of course. But I'm just giving you guys an example of that because I know we're a little bit bigger setup, and I bring more. But I, I would say that most people are probably spending. A thousand, two thousand, maybe twenty-five hundred to make their boots work and to make everything work for this show. When you tally up all the Ubers, car rentals, if you do that, food, um, of course, vendor space, um, all the other things that you have to do, table rentals and um, uh, uh, case rentals. If you're not bringing cases, so if you're flying in, a lot of costs involved in the show. And I and I'm saying that as point one uh, of this episode, <clears throat> because so many people get excited about Dallas to set up. And don't really make the money. They might break even. They might get a PC card, but they're not really making money, and they're not profiting. So, I encourage you to make sure you understand these elements before you do attend these big shows. Um, is it a one-time thing, or maybe you don't care if you lose some money? That's fine. But I'm just trying to leave it out there for folks who are thinking about setting up at these big shows. Make sure you have the potent inventory to make it work. Um, it, it is quite a bit of uh, out-of-pocket expense to make it happen. So. To me, this setup day, this Thursday night, really parallel for me and made made it seem just at the same level as the Tuesday setup day of the National. Uh, and being a dealer day, a crazy day, a lot happening um, on the showroom floor um, between dealer to dealer interaction or dealer and, and their team's interaction. So quite, quite interesting. I think we're uh, seeing some strong elements there. Um, I was encouraged by it. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, and then Friday and Saturday come around, and it was wild. It was just wild. Uh, for me, Friday, the buying and selling for me was wild. 
Uh, didn't really get a lot of breathing room. Uh, Saturday, as you guys will see in our card shop show video, uh, had an opportunity to buy a wild deal that we were able to flip in 24 hours. Um, you'll see it. It's pretty cool. Um, go check it out. But um, the amount of people that were there, not only uh, there to attend the show, but there who were engaged in the show. And what I mean engaged is selling, buying, flipping, ripping, networking, vlogging, all of the above, grading, right? The Mike Baker and the uh, the Dal they, they had their own Dallas kind of grading element there. Uh, so much happening um, on the showroom floor as well as after hours in the lobbies. Um, if you haven't got a chance to go, go check out all these vlogs. We have a vlog where obviously we're posting. I know uh, Aaron, as I mentioned, from Slap Socks has put out a vlog. Many other uh, influencers and people in the industry who, who buy and flip have vlogs out. It's just really cool to see uh, where we're at. Now, I will say this as kind of a uh, another point in watching what was going on with the dealing at Dallas is that there was loads, and I mean loads, of inventory that people had available. Many people walking around with tons and tons of items, $50,000, $25,000, $100,000 inventory, if not half a million in their little cases, um, walking around looking to move stuff. But here's one thing that I did notice, and I, I'm going to leave this out there for you as a as kind of a grain of salt, and you guys decide how you want to take it. I, I have my own thoughts on it. But almost everybody, everybody that came to our booth to do any sort of high-end dealing, it was never a buy. It was always, always a trade with money or a full-on trade. Um, I know that as I noticed and I watched, cards were not really being bought. Wax was being bought, cheap low-end was being bought, deal box is being bought, and that's always a good sign of a show. But the high-end element, uh, nothing was really being bought. It was all being traded for or partially bought. Which makes me consider the people who have cards and the rare cards, um, what is going on with the amount of inventory these folks have and why are they having such a hard time uh, selling these things? Maybe. It's just that people have been tucked away for so long. They haven't been out able to sell things and they're wanting to avoid the eBay and the fees and all those things. That's a possibility. Maybe there's too many cards. Maybe there's too many graded elements. Maybe people are valuing things way too high. Um, I do know from a buying perspective, we have a big buying sign in our booth. We do a lot of buying at these card shows. I would say one out of every three people were wanting way too much for their cards. And I'm not talking about eBay comps or even a little bit over eBay comps. I'm talking 10%, 20%, 50% over eBay comps. It just doesn't work, right? Um, and, and I think that we're, I, I kind of you know reiterate this quite frequently, but you can't sell cards for what you think they're worth um, when they're not worth it. You can't, you can't move things um, at these high rates um, when that's based on your potential of the player or the card. Um, I just, I just think that we're in a time where maybe the market is a little softer. We've seen a correction. We've seen a down, a down spike, but that doesn't mean you can, you can then consider those same prices for where it was three, four, five months ago. That's just not how any marketplace works, right? I mean, look at, look at Bitcoin and, 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 and look at stocks, right? I mean, Bitcoin and, and Ethereum and those things are a great example for those who do crypto. The, the market is way down, you know? So somebody can't sell their Bitcoin for, uh, 30% more than what it's trading at, right? This is how it works. And with cards, I think we're in that same place. Um, you look at someone like LeBron, right? 
he's way down. His team doesn't look too great. They're down 0-1 to the Suns, as me speaking at this time. So does that mean you can sell LeBron for what you think he'll be at, you know, uh, at the beginning of next season? No, it makes no sense. So I, what I'm getting at is I, I think with the trading element and the selling element, um, I implore folks out there and listen to me when I say this, and I've been there on both sides of this. You are going to get caught with the bag if you hold everything. And if you hold everything hoping that they'll be worth a lot more, you are definitely going to get caught with the bag because that's not how this works. The card market is way like a roller coaster, ups and downs and ups and downs. And when a card goes down and the player doesn't rebound, it just keeps going down. So if you have some opportunities now to sell, and as many people always say, the best thing with cards is, is not just when you buy and when to buy, but it's also when to exit, right? The exit strategy and when selling. Um, it's always going to be hindsight. You're never going to always know the best time to sell something because uh, somebody could pop off and go even crazier. I mean, look at Otani, right? So many people uh, sold the nonsense out of the last years, and now he's come back. But for every Otani, there's probably another 15 or 20 players that are not Otani. Um, so I'm, I'm encouraging folks out there as you attend shows or you try and sell or trade with your friends, you got to be fair and you have to know your comps. One problem at the Dallas Card Show was websites like 130 Point weren't working because there was too much influx happening or maybe it was just in our area that they weren't working too much. Uh, stimuli brought to the website, people trying to look things up. So then people don't know how to sell anything at all because they're so dependent on that. So I think there's a time coming. Uh, and maybe if it's not here, it may, 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 may still be here, it may still be coming, where I, I say you got to know how to evaluate a card without even looking up a comp. And there's going to be times when if you want to sell those things, the opportunity and whatnot is only provided at that moment. A good example is trying to sell a card Saturday at the show versus trying to sell a card Sunday at the show. Maybe somebody gave you 100 bucks on Saturday for that card, but you weren't sure because you couldn't find the comp or whatever the reason be. Well, Sunday rolls around, people don't really want to buy it, and now that card's 70 bucks on the showroom floor. So those kind of things, I think, uh, may help people understand the dealer's perspective at Dallas as when I'm looking and I'm buying and I'm trading with folks um, and just how it works. I guess I'll, I'll close with this, and I guess this is kind of, this episode has been a little bit of everything from a dealer perspective, um, and I could talk about this for hours. But I, I think this is, is, is the, the Dallas show, you know, looking at signs to come specifically for the national is very strong. Um, if if that's what we think the, the the Dallas show looks like in the South, right? What about something a little bit more Midland America, a little bit more where maybe we can get um, uh, some more uh, uh, different blood and different folks at a show versus the Dallas typicals, which a lot of the Dallas typicals are going to be at the at the national. But the event that is the year, there is one national. There is only one national, and it is happening. It looks like it's happening in Chicago. So. Uh, from those of you on the show circuit who do all the shows, a lot of things I think to be excited about. Um, I know for me as a shop owner, I'm excited for that week. Um, and the week and the stuff leading up to that week um, should be really strong, should see a lot of attendance. There may be some limitations, who knows, with the state of Illinois yet. Um, and then, of course, we'll, we'll have some drawbacks, but we'll see where it goes, you know. So um, uh, Dallas, you know, was great. Had a great time dealing at Dallas. You know, there's always going to be hiccups. There's always going to be people that are difficult to deal with. There's always going to be people that try and uh, and try and try and pull one on you, and I had my fair share of those, and that's okay. It's, it's part of the shows, but for the most part, the majority, this was a very uh, easy show. I thought people were were great. Um, I thought people were excited. I thought there was a lot of frenzy and commotion, and um, I'm I'm very thankful all of you came out to say hello to me. Thank you uh, to my team. I had many many of you say to me, 
hey, I watch your, your episodes on card shows and I watch your episodes on, on slap stocks. And it was really cool to just kind of to kind of vibe and talk to some of you out there, get your idea. If you uh, if you haven't heard, my voice has kind of gone. It's still gone. And the show was way worse. So if I looked tired and my voice was gone, it wasn't because I was trying to ignore you or uh, not talk as much because I couldn't. <laughs> but um, uh, hopefully you had a good show if you went. If you didn't go, they'll have another Dallas show in the middle of July. I do think there's a parallel with an Atlanta show, so I'm not too sure what's going to happen with all that. But then we'll have the national show in Chicago at the end of July. So really interesting summer coming up. Look forward to seeing you guys out there. 